What does true wellness mean to you? I'm Claudia Cometa, and that is the question I will be leading with in the Minding Wellness podcast. Each and every week, I will bring you experts who will share their personal wellness journeys and their insights into what it means to mind our wellness. Health is a state of body. Wellness is a state of being. Let's dive into improving our state of being. This week, I am so honored to bring you Dr. David Sabger. He is a native of Columbus, Ohio, and full-time cardiologist at Ohio Health. He founded Walk with a Doc in 2005 after becoming frustrated by his inability to affect behavior change in a clinical setting. Many years later, Dr. Sabger continues to personally invite his patients to walk alongside him as a Walk with a Doc leader. As CEO of Walk with a Doc, he cultivates a strategic vision for the organization, develops vital partnerships, and educates others about the medical benefits of movement and social connection. He absolutely loves Walk with a Doc and sees it as an important next step in care of our communities. I loved this conversation with Dr. Sabger, and he shared his journey with this being an idea to now being an amazing movement across the country and into other countries. He is such an amazingly peaceful, insightful, intellectual, amazing soul. And I know that you will find insights in this and hopefully will be inspired to find your own local Walk with a Doc program. Such a great reminder that walking can be so powerful in our lives. Here's my conversation with Dr. Sabger. All right, I am so excited to bring you Dr. Sabgert today. He is an amazing person and professional and is doing amazing things in the world. I learned about his work from watching a documentary called Code Blue with Dr. Stancic. He was highlighted on that documentary and I blindly and very in a cold call manner reached out to ask him if he would come on and share his journey. He was so gracious to do so. Thank you so much, Dr. Sabgert. Oh, thank you for having me. You've done a lot of shows. I'm honored to be on it. (laughs) I'm very honored to have you on. So as we always start, I would love to ask you, what does true wellness mean to you? Yeah, I would say it's on being physically and emotionally happy in tune, doing the right things. Um, Of course, it means different things to different people. Uh, To me, it means, you know, physically being active at you know, usually 150 minutes or more a week. Um, It's going to be different numbers for different people and able to do those things that you want to do to be active. And then emotionally, I think the first thing I think about is having family and friends around to support you and a place where you can, you know, talk and be yourself. And that's wellness to me. Wonderful. I, I love I love all of that, um, the specificity, but then also the freedom to have some some um, flexibility in there. So let's go ahead and get started on your background. So what what is your background? What is the work that you do? And then how did you get involved with Walk with a Doc? Sure. Um, I'm a cardiologist in Columbus, Ohio, and I started practicing or rather finished training in 2003. Um, As far as, and currently I'm practicing full-time and have been. So uh, during my training, 
talking to patients, um, as you know, about, you know, currently it's around 70% of people are overweight or obese. And the sedentary rate, I think, is, is more in the rate of around 80% or more. I'm seeing a biased population. So I'm seeing people that are short of breath and may be having chest discomfort or palpitations, things that would go along with a sedentary lifestyle. Anyway, during my training, I, I um, first of all, I fully realized and we need statins and medications and um, uh, all those things. I, this is not to, physical activity would not be to replace it, um, but more as um, something that was missing. And I saw two real groups um, in my patients through residency and in um, fellowship. And there, there were those, the small group, unfortunately, that was very active. And I, you know, I say very active, but just active on a daily basis. If it's going for a 15, 20 minute walk or, or doing something more. And these patients were really thriving and they had that wellness that, you know, we were talking about. They were they were just doing great um, in their 80s, 90s, and even hundreds. And then you have this other group, which unfortunately is a much larger group that, you know, uh, was not as well and not thriving and dealing with all the issues that we might expect from a sedentary lifestyle, those knee pain or back pain or diabetes, heart disease, of course, high blood pressure, the list goes on and on. So I would spend as, as residents were afforded all this time, we see like one patient an hour as opposed to now where it's more frequent. And, uh, after we're done talking about their heart surgery or their stents or their blood pressure, I would spend a lot of time focusing on um, being active and what their favorite flavor of exercise was. And um, it took me about, took me a whole bunch of years to realize that I was really failing at motivating these patients to be active. Um, and I didn't want to do that the rest of my career. I didn't want to have these fruitless conversations. And um, I really did feel I was connecting with uh, the patients in the office when we were doing this, but it was going nowhere. Mm, so. it, yeah, I think that so many probably, you know, so many healthcare professionals um, and physicians watching could certainly relate to that. You know, there's so many, and certainly the the appointment times are a lot, you know, less now. And so there's not a whole lot of time to for, for motivation, just speaking out instruction and direction typically is not sufficient for motivation as you saw. So you saw this happening where you're, you're trying to motivate, you're trying to inspire, you're seeing them at the next visit. It didn't happen. When did the idea come to you to, all right, I guess we're going to have to, to take a different approach. Yeah. yeah so that was in um, late Oh four. Um, I had been in private practice for a little over a year and I, um, uh, I honestly, it had been thousands of patients, very thick skull here. It took a while to get through, mm -hmm. but I'm like, this, this just isn't working. And unfortunately, um, it was frustration and I really wanted to make this next patient, the first patient that I invited to walk, to have to say no to my face. I wanted to create that 
awkwardness, that uncomfortable feeling, um, because I just, honestly, I couldn't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was um, actually around this time in, in 2004, and that patient um, was interested in, in hearing more about it. So I had to come up with a plan pretty quickly. And then over, you know, we had our first walk in April of 05, about five, six months later. And um, during that time, I collected close to a thousand emails of the patients I saw during that time period that might have interest. And I started sending out right away in November, December, a real goofy newsletter (laughs) on updating what the walk would entail and involved most of our cardiology office of around 50 people were on this. And we were able to accrue a lot of community partners. Um, It was almost magical. People were coming out of the woodwork to help out, um, which was so cool. And uh, then we had our first walk in early April of 05. It's just, it's so amazing because I can't even imagine receiving an email from my cardiologist um, inviting me to a walk. I mean, it seems like such a, a fundamental basic idea, but it's not. It's so very out of the box. And I, I love that you proceeded just, you know, I don't know how to, how to make this happen, but I'm going to try. And so take us to that first walk. You arrive there. Who, how many are you expecting? How many arrive? Yeah. Had no idea what to expect. Uh, there were two uh, TV two TV trucks or what I saw right away. We had, again, there was this kind of uh, magical coming together of community partners right away. Like the next day after I asked that patient, I was getting calls because I think our office started talking about it. So I had no idea. I was hoping it would be more than, you know, me and a few office staff and my family. And we had, um, we, we looked at the numbers. We had literally 101 people. Um, we had a presentation by the head of Metro Parks in Columbus, and um, I was I was so grateful. I was so happy. It was everything, you know. Aside from the hundred people, it was everything I envisioned it being and more. That social connection I didn't anticipate it would be as strong as it was. Mm. So so cool. And so, what was your experience walking with? these hundred others, um, many of whom are your patients, maybe patients meeting other of, other of your patients, didn't know each other, maybe connecting, you know, even engaging in a way that they wouldn't have otherwise engaged, maybe in the, in the waiting room, but we don't usually talk in the waiting room of physicians' offices. So kind of paint that scene for us of what, what that looked like, you know, were you kind of talking to a few and then walking, you know, to the next group of a few and, um, and were people surprised that you were actually there? Like, did people did people know you were going to be there or did they think it was just going to be office staff? Um, it, it's a really good question or a really good point you make about being outside and being in nature, I think adds a whole nother layer to it. That's kind of hard to put a finger on. So it wasn't a park, um, Sharon Woods in Columbus, Ohio. So um, uh, April. So, you know, the leaves are on the trees and I think people are just, there was maybe Claudia, the, the prevailing thing was just um, a sense of happiness, of volunteerism, that people were out there together. A lot of our nurses were there. Um, So of course it's free, always been free, but 
you know, no fear of bad news, no fear of bad test results. Um, so you're out there with the medical community in a very benign, um, uplifting environment. And I think that holds a lot of the power of Walk With a Doc, um, you know, and what we've seen over the years. Um, after that, that morning, after the John O'Mara, the director of the park system spoke, um, people just started being happy to see each other. Um, there were people took off in groups of twos, threes, fours to walk along the path. And um, uh, it, it's, it's held true to this day. It's just this, you know, it's what we're all missing with COVID, that, that happiness, that togetherness. Um, much more important than me being there. I don't know if anyone was surprised that I was there. Um, it, it was just a collegiality and camaraderie that is really the secret sauce of a walk. Mm -hmm. Love that. Nature is such, such a therapeutic environment uh, that is at our fingertips, but we often don't, don't take advantage of it or, or you know, maybe needed that little push to, to get out there with others and maybe doing it in isolation isn't nearly as fun or uh, therapeutic to some people. So I love this whole concept. So you do this first one, huge success. I mean, I would call that a huge success. Getting 100 people to do anything on the first inaugural event is, is a pretty huge success. What, what then, what, what led to the next one? And then what led to the other chapters being started? Like, how did this thing kind of snowball? Sure. So um, we were going, it was weekly from the start. And um, so we, we knew we were going back the next week. I knew we couldn't expect 100 people. Um, but we did have close to that. And what we want to do at the walk is promote like how easy it is. You just need to be regular with the activity. So we want to get away from the yearly event or even, um, you know, two or three times a year. It, it's more about just lacing up your shoes and getting out there. So um, as I was alluding to before, it grew quickly and quickly and quickly. And this, you know, back to the to frame it, this is my, you know, I've been out of training now for two years and, you know, medical school costs a lot and you you have to keep your job. You have mm -hmm. to, so the attention was coming in and it was creating a lot of, um, started to create a lot of friction, um, not necessarily with my wife, but a lot of people that I look up to and care about were kind of, you know, it was in the paper a decent amount and what's, you know, we, I'm still part of a very busy practice. So those two things were kind of coming to a head. This, the walk was getting a lot of attention. We had a national company, international company right away that wanted to sponsor it. So my group had uh, generously hired an executive director to take care of a lot of the issues while I was seeing patients. But that growth through the executive director was requiring me to get physicians to, she set up, um, uh, thank goodness, she set up 11 other walk chapters and all I had to do was secure the docs to fill these, yeah. you know, 44 events, which was essentially impossible. Mm -hmm. um, docs weren't answering my calls. Um, they were not interested if they did. They didn't know what walk with a doc was. So I actually stopped it at the end of 05 because I was honestly worried about losing my job. 
um, and I had to um, provide for my family. I, I couldn't waste all these years of education and training for this thing that I was so passionate about. So we stopped it at the end of 05, despite just a grow, I always think of it as a bonfire and this fire was growing and building. Um, throughout 06, we didn't do it. I really missed it. And I had a very strong feeling that not only did it need to be part of the way I practice medicine, it was something that was missing to me from the practice of medicine. But I, I, I had a strong feeling that it would be that way for a lot of other people too. So in, um, in the beginning of 07, after a year off, my wife said, don't worry about the 12 parks. Just if you want to do it, start, go back to High Banks, this, you know, the park we were at throughout 05. Just let it grow organically if it's going to grow. And that's what happened. I went back. I, there were a lot of hurt feelings. There were a lot of people that um, felt I pulled the rug out from under them because there was the support system that went away. And I was scared to go back because I knew that you can't quit this twice. See, you hear this now with COVID, people like, we can close down once, <laughs> you can't close down twice. And I felt that way about this. Um, if I quit again, that was going to be bad. So I knew I had to be in it for good. And I was scared about that. We let it grow organically. Um, we had certain people reach out. Then we were in cooking light in 2008 in the middle. And that flushed out like 50 requests. Um, General Motors came to us and said, we want to do this. Anthem became a partnership that lasted for 10 years. They provided us with funding to hire an, uh, the second executive director who I had to let go at the end of 05 because we, you know, we weren't doing the walk and it just grew organically and it's been an incredible ride. Um, now we're at 570 chapters in 35 countries, every state but three. And um, we have really big plans um, that have certainly been put on hold with COVID, but um, uh, sorry, I, I'm rambling, but um, it's been, I still believe it is the, um, something that can truly change healthcare. I felt that way from that, honestly, those sleepless nights in 05 as I was planning it with, with um, our team. And um, I feel that way all the more so now. So we're, we're working night and day to make this even bigger. Wow, that's huge. I don't even think I realized it was in that many countries. Um, and what's going on with the three states? What do I need to do to make the three states get on board? <laughs> no, um, I, I love that this, you know, I, I talk about knowing versus knowing. You know a lot, have a lot of knowledge and wisdom from your medical school training and your experience. And then, but you had this deeper knowing that can't necessarily be book taught that this needed to happen. And uh, you felt that through the year that it wasn't happening. And And I love that that paired with your wife's your wife's, you know, advice to let it grow organically. And it did. And that's, that's so fantastic. Uh, you know, as we kind of, we wrap up, I would love to just touch on the concept of the 
the basic foundation of walking because we, you know, I think about my grandmother who is now a hundred and, you know, walking would have been all she would have done. There was no gyms or, you know, there were, there was no, you know, orange theory fitness or any high intensity interval training. Um, and, and so and not that, not to say that those things are bad, but I think that we sometimes forget about just the simple benefit of just moving our feet and it doesn't have to be anything intense or complicated. So um, take us just through a little bit of, um, of wisdom and the, the basic benefits of walk. Sure, sure. So it did, for me, it started with cardiovascular disease. I knew I cut heart attacks by 50%, heart failure by 50%, stroke by 50%. And we don't have medications that can do that. But then the more we've done this, the more you know, it can reduce so many mental health disorders like anxiety and depression, even schizophrenia. Um, anxiety and depression are obviously incredibly common, right? All the, all the more so right now. Um, and then there's all these other things that you wouldn't have thought of. Um, there's 13 cancers that are dramatically reduced just by walking. Alzheimer's dementia is reduced 50% as well by walking. And um, it doesn't take a lot. It's just that those 150 minutes a week um, or more that can do it. And it's an untapped resource, as, as you know, it's, um, it is right there for us. And it, you know, the, the kicker is the side effects, if you will, of this medication are, are fantastic. I mean, we feel good, better self-esteem and all these things. And we just have to get out and do it and do it together. As far as compared to an orange theory or, or running or, or cycling, you know, whatever your favorite flavor is, that's what you should go to. But, but I think what you were probably getting at, what you're getting as the misconception is that walking doesn't do it. It's just walking, but walking does do it. It's, it gives you 99% of what you're going to get from the others. Now, maybe one way to look at it is if you were to go run three miles, it might take you, you know, half an hour, 35 minutes. But if you walk three miles, it might take you closer to an hour, double the time. You're getting all the benefits. It just takes you a little longer to do it. But um, all those minutes count towards your 150. So um, it, it really holds everything that we get from those other exercises it may take a little longer but um you know i i would argue that that's not a bad thing you're you're coming up with more creativity and um it's it it really is the miracle drug um, you know we hear that all the time and it, it couldn't be more true it's so interesting because it's like the, the food, the slow food movement, you know, I feel like this is sort of the, the slow movement movement, you know, that it's not bad, that it, there, there's a lot of benefit to doing that. Wonderful. So, so great. I'm so appreciative of the work that you do. Um, as we wrap up, what are some of the, the hopes that you have for, you know, the future of Walk With a Doc? And uh, then we can finish by where people can find you or find their local chapter. Yeah, sure. Thanks. So we're working on... Uh, increasing our number of, um, of walk chapters. And as I said, we're at 570. We, we absolutely want to be in the thousands and we're talking to incredible part. We, we've got some wonderful partnerships with groups like the Texas Medical Association. 
um, and we're talking to some big national and international groups that can really raise awareness and get more of us out there together, um, walking together and also socially connected and coming up with ideas for, for uh, solutions to, to make this world a better place. So we're pouring our energy into that. And I really appreciate you, you know, having me on with your audience to talk about it. Absolutely. You are making the world a better place. I, I love that you are really just getting in the trenches of what you're, you know, you're speaking and walking the talk and um, walking the talk with your patients, which is just fantastic. Like I said, I can't even imagine one of my physicians emailing me, but I would certainly be all over it if they did. So I, I, I hope that this inspires many other physicians and healthcare professionals to, um, to take a little bit more of an engaged uh, approach to to the recommendations that they're giving their patients. So thank you so much, Dr. Sabger. And um, I, I really, I can, will continue to, to watch the work that you do. And I appreciate all that you do. Thank you, Claudia. Best of luck to you. Really appreciate you having me on. So inspiring in the times that we are in that I feel like negativity abounds. It's these positive stories that really lift me up and I hope lift you up too. Thank you so much to Dr. Sabgar for spending time with us today, sharing his journey. And I hope that this inspires all of you to look for chapters in your area. Maybe also look for ways that you can get engaged in sort of out of the box approaches Thank you so much for continuing to join me as we all mind our wellness. I hope that this inspires you to go leave me a review if you haven't yet. I would so, so, so appreciate it. It helps others find this podcast and find the wisdom that comes from the people that I interview. I'll see you here again next time.